0: everyone this is lisa and you are listening to those catholic shrinks with regina and lisa Um, today's podcast we figured we'd do a little more thematic because halloween is coming up soon so this week's podcast is on
1: phobias (laughs) (laughs) so yes i think a lot of people when you hear the word phobia you kind of there's some mainstream phobias out there that people are really aware of, You're like familiar with claustrophobia, mm-hmm. right? Fear of being in a closed space. Um, arachnophobia, <laughs> fear of spiders. Got a whole movie
0: on that one. <laughs>
1: agoraphobia maybe some people know this one some people might not mm-hmm. fear of open spaces yeah. So these are people you hear about who like to be confined in their homes maybe mm-hmm. they have a fear of being able to get out of some type of public space so they prefer to stay home mm-hmm. um, or acrophobia fear of heights yes hmm
0: that ones many are very familiar with that one yes maybe not the term but the feeling right <laughs> right <laughs> yeah which, funnily enough, that's one of the inbuilt fears. We don't really actually have a lot of fears that we just kind of are born with. Really, mm. we're not born with any fears except for two, which is loud noises mm. and heights. Babies are scared of loud noises and heights. Mm. All the others are learned responses. Wow. It's fun fact.
1: That is a fun fact. Very interesting. <laughs> learned
0: that one with my first baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think with phobias.
0: Um, What we don't, I think, see is that there's actually a ton of them. Actually, I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people know that there's a lot of them Mm -hmm. um, because a specific phobia, that's the thing. It's specific. So there's like millions of ways. Mm-hmm. that there could be a phobia. So, right. we actually compiled a list of some of the more <laughs> esoteric, more off the wall phobias. Right. We figured we'd have a little competition to see <laughs> who can pronounce the phobia better. <laughs> it's fun friendly competition. Yeah. No big deal. So, we're going no to go deal. back and forth here and tell you about some fun phobias.
1: <laughs> Would you like to to start us off? All right. I'm, you know, this is a big one. We're going to I'm going to see what I can read here. But this phobia is called arachi butwi- phobia, <laughs> <laughs> And that's supposed to be a fear of peanut butter getting stuck in your mouth. Hmm. That's an interesting one. So, all right, I want to hear you pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> and oh you gosh. all can Google this, um, find out how it's spelled, and, find, and you decide. Yeah. Decide cause... which one of us is more accurate. <laughs>
0: and then try to do it yourself so then you can stop judging us because it's actually quite <laughs> difficult. All right. So we've got, oh, I'm sorry, I think this one's easier. I think really? I went on this one. Yeah. Agriophobia, which is oh. the fear of crossing the street. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, your first one was much more di- They You have a
1: lot more letters than that one. That one was very hard. I do not take Latin, so that's very difficult for me, or German, so <laughs> running a bunch of letters together. Um, all right, this next one allium phobia, <laughs> Fear of garlic.
0: I like this one because it's again very Halloween themed. It's yeah. so a very
1: vampire esque. If you're a vampire, clearly you have phobia. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Our next one. Okay, so this one I feel is much more difficult. Okay. Yes
1: is a tough one.
0: Chronometrophobia.
1: Oh, that was bad. I think okay. that's pretty good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. So that is a fear of clocks. Mm. So if you have this, you don't ever show up on time to anything. <laughs> you are always late.
1: Yeah. And if
0: you're always late and you're not actually scared of clocks, maybe you could just start telling people that you have
1: this. Right. Right. <laughs> Okay, last one. Let's let's see. Maybe we use this as the tiebreaker, so we <laughs> both try to pronounce it. Okay. Because this one's pretty difficult, too. This one is a tough one. I think it's didaskaliniophobia. Okay, I'm going to try to.
0: Didaskaliniophobia. Oh. Unclear.
1: All right. Um And that's fear of going to school, (laughs) which working in high schools, as you know.
0: Yep. I think all of my kids, if they heard this, they'd immediately start saying that they have this, I'm not going to try to say it again, this specific phobia as an excuse to get out of getting to homeroom on time,
1: right? <laughs> right. I feel like every child has this phobia at some point. In the, oh yeah, yeah
0: and maybe maybe that's why they make it so difficult to pronounce, so kids can't try to use it against their parents. You know, you can't pronounce it, you don't have it. I'm sorry. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> um, so we thought. That was a fun way to kind of introduce it, A, so you can think of, like, those phobias that we all know of, you know, agoraphobia, claustrophobia, arachnophobia. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also see, like, there could be a wide range, and if you look this up, you're going to see there's, I Hundreds, think, if not
1: thousands. Thousands,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. of different kinds of phobias, because... A new one could be created today because there's something you never thought of to be fearful of. paper clips. I don't know. <laughs> right,
1: right. Fear of smartphones. Maybe it wasn't a phobia a hundred years ago, but it is today. Absolutely.
0: I didn't even think about that. That's so true. Technology is a whole brand new thing. That you, and honestly, I can see that being a very popular phobia, actually.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: um, so what, what's the definition of a phobia? We talk about that. We hear that word a lot, you mm-hmm. know, throw it around a lot. So what, what would be the, the definition of that? Um, it is an extreme or irrational fear, mm-hmm. um, that causes you to avoid whatever it is that you're fearful of, but that avoidance results in intense distress for you. So when you have to avoid this thing, it, the avoidance itself causes distress. It's not necessarily just whatever it is you're fearful of. So say spiders, you're scared of spiders. Um, not only does the seeing a spider cause you fear, but also the ways in which you go about avoiding spiders causes fear or causes distress. Right. Um, and usually the person is aware that their fear is extreme or it's irrational, you know, because I think that's it's important to hear those, that the definition uses two things, that it's extreme or it's irrational, you know, because being fearful of spiders is not necessarily an irrational thing. Right. You know, being fearful of heights is not an irrational thing. Right. Be- certain heights can kill you. Right. But that's why you also have extreme. Because if it's extreme to the point where you don't even want to go on the second floor right. of a building and you're not even outside, okay, that's extreme. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and irrational, there are some things that it's irrational to be scared of. Um, like crossing the street. Crossing the st- Or garlic. Right. Or garlic. You know. Right. If you don't have a... An allergy to it. You don't have an allergy to garlic and you're extremely scared of it. Okay, that's irrational, right? So that's the reason why they use those two in there because there's two different ways to be
1: fearful of right Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important to focus on that piece of the person with an actual phobia having knowledge that it's irrational Mm -hmm. and so I think there's this conception out there that oh you know they have no control over themselves what's happening and so I think that speaks more to their level of control in the moment of they know that this is ridiculous. They see a piece of garlic and they're Mm -hmm. like, this is just garlic. It's not going to do anything to me. It's never done anything to anyone ever in the history of the world. Mm -hmm. And yet I am terrified and can't even be in the same room with I can't be in the same room. And so they are aware that that's illogical, but they're still having this reaction Mm -hmm. and anxiety producing reaction. Yeah. And I think that's difference between phobia and anxiety is Mm. the phobia is specific on that one particular item like garlic or peanut butter or whatever it might be. Versus a broader anxiety of just overall feelings of Mm -hmm. panic or intensity or stress. Mm -hmm.
0: And usually anxiety covers, like, all areas of your life. Exactly. You know, so I'm anxious about my friendships. I'm anxious about how I'm doing in school. I'm anxious about how I'm doing at work. I'm anxious about, like, am I going to get to this place on time, even though you always get to work on time. So anxiety. impending
1: fear of doom just kind of looming a little (laughs) bit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anxiety is kind of more of a way you approach life in general. Mm Mm-hmm. A phobia is, it's this one specific thing. Like, you're not fearful about dogs, but you are fearful about spiders. Right. Or even, like, down to, I don't care about cockroaches. Cockroaches don't bother me. But specifically, spiders can't handle them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's focused in and so in, like, a spotlight on one particular thing. Right. Yeah.
1: And then getting to that point where your quality of life is impacted by mm-hmm. it. Right? Because we all say, oh, I'm scared of spiders. I don't, you know. Yeah. But... Are you so scared of spiders that you make choices about where you're going, Mm -hmm. what you're doing? Like the fear we mentioned earlier, crossing the street. Are you essentially not ever able to drive or walk anywhere Yeah. because you can't cross the street and you make decisions of, you know, you buy a house on one side of the road and... You know that's on the same side of the road as your church, as your grocery store, as where you work, yeah. and you make sure. You're, but even then, there would be intersections at some point mm-hmm. that you would have. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Is it impacting your life to the point where you're not able to maintain your job, mm-hmm. maintain your relationships? So I can't visit you because you live across the street. Yeah. Right. Um. That's when we start getting to the level of phobia beyond just natural, normal, healthy fears mm-hmm. that we all sort of have.
0: I think that's kind of where we want to go with this, too, It's like, make helping to make that distinction, mm-hmm. you know, is, um, like, how we talk about a phobia in our everyday life, which is something that we all do, and yeah. then also, like, helping you to understand if you do or do not actually have a phobia, mm-hmm. so just kind of start that off on. Um, As a fun example for myself, like, I often, and I'm a therapist, so I do it too, is I'll talk to people about, oh my gosh, I have a phobia of zombies. Mm -hmm. And like, again, I love how Halloween themed this is, (laughs) Um, is this is something that I've told people for years, because there was actually a time in my adolescence, I remember being in middle school, it's like that time when like your parents will let you be up a little bit later, like they'll go to bed and you can still be up. Mm -hmm. Um... And, uh, when they start to give you that level of trust. And so I was up, I'm like watching like TNT. I'm like, what's TNT got on? (laughs) And it was, um, it was some kind of a zombie movie Mm. and I had never seen a zombie movie before. And looking back now, I'm like, oh yeah, that was a panic attack, Lisa. Mm. 100% what that was. Mm. And pretty much from that moment on, I started having these horrible zombie nightmares. Wow. And since then, I've talked to people about how, like, I have a phobia of zombies. Now, do I actually have a phobia of zombies? no not really like the only way it yes, ever impacted my social life was uh we went out with a bunch of friends we were going out to a movie nobody really told me what movie we were going to I didn't mm. have a car at the time mm. found out it was a zombie movie like when we're like buying the tickets oh, and I'm telling myself I'm like Lisa you can get through this <laughs> it's gonna be okay <laughs> I'm sitting there watching it and it's like oh no I'm not getting through this <laughs> and at this time my husband and I were dating. And so I'm like, oh, I got go to the bath- I gotta go to the bathroom. So I leave the movie, call him. I'm like, I need you to come pick me up. I will not let him live this down to this day. <laughs> His response to me was, um, the Tampa Lightning are in the playoffs. Can I come pick you <laughs> up after the game is over? I'm like, oh, no, what am I going to do? <laughs> Luckily, one of the guys, that one of our friends noticed that I left, and he drove me home. So okay. I had to leave a social interaction because of it. But other than that. does not impact my my social life or anything Mm. like that. And so I think it's important for us to look at, like, is this just a general fear? Right. Or is this something that could be specified as a phobia? So we're kind of going to go through some things for you to look at to say, is it or is it not? Right. Um, So the first one is that your fear needs to be persistent. Mm -hmm. This needs to be something that you are afraid of all All the the time. So using um, the spiders as an example. When a spider is in the room, yeah, you're scared of it. Right. But do you walk into every room and ask yourself, are there spiders in here? Or are you assuming there's spiders everywhere you go? Are you scared that if you open a drawer, there's There's going to be a spider spider. in it? Um, So I think that's kind of a difference is that, you know, seeing a spider, yeah, causes you to be fearful. But is this something that's continually on your mind? Are you hyper-vigilant
1: to it? Right. Yeah. And I think what's interesting about what you were sharing about the zombies is kind of what you were saying earlier about we're not born with these fears. Something yes. happens for it to take place. So, you had that moment as a child that you were watching the zombie video, and that has stuck with you. Yeah. And I think that could happen for anything. So, maybe at some point in someone's life, there was a poisonous spider bite, and they had to go to the hospital, an emergency as a child, and now for the rest of their life, that has stuck with them, you mm-hmm. know, unfortunately. Or the fear with the peanut butter stuck to the roof of your mouth. That sounds like some incident clearly happened yeah. with someone as a child, mm-hmm. and now they are forever terrified of peanut butter because of that.
0: Absolutely. And a lot of these, it's really easy to laugh at them, you know, but mm-hmm. I think it's also important to remember they all have a genesis somewhere, right? Exactly. Um, and so
1: actually happened to instigate and bring mm-hmm. that on.
0: And I think about the fear of crossing the streets, you know, it's easy to be like, oh my goodness, my guess is that one is probably a lot of children have right. that one where parents trying to get them to cross the street somewhere and maybe they saw an incident like a, somebody riding their bike getting hit by a car or right. something really exactly. traumatic exactly and this has caused that phobia for mm-hmm. them so you're right usually usually has a genesis mm-hmm. somewhere right um, and it's usually pretty tra- traumatic so right again even though we kind of started off by laughing and jesting with it mm-hmm. it's important to remember too that um, oftentimes it comes from somewhere that was painful for a person
1: right and mm-hmm. these are very real situations you know not to be taken lightly mm-hmm. that would be a very difficult way to live oh yeah life. absolutely
0: which kind of goes into the next point which is that this fear has to induce an anxiety response mm-hmm. um, and it's usually in the form of some kind of a panic attack mm. um, so kind of maybe going to there was one of the one of the phobias you had mentioned before we started recording the fear of blood, mm-hmm. which I yeah. can't remember what that one. Hemophobia. Hemophobia. Thank yes. you. Mm-hmm. Um, so hemophobia. That's this is a perfect example. Is like, yeah, if I see blood in a room, like I'm gonna get nauseous. I'm not gonna like that. Right. But then there's somebody seeing the blood and being completely unable to handle
1: it. Right. Or to it's have such, a conversation about it.
0: Yeah, it's such an intense fear that their normal ability to have a relationship or a conversation shuts down. Right. They can't be in the room. They have to leave. Right. Um, or, or kind of, mm-hmm, go ahead.
1: Or they're to the point where they don't engage in any type of activity that could result in mm-hmm. blood, like a scraped knee, so they might not be willing to ride a bike or play sports. Exactly. Or ride in a car, maybe, because if there's a car accident, then there might be blood. And so, again, we're taking it past that level of our everyday fears to... Yeah. And that
0: avoidance part is pretty big, too. Is it's not just I'm scared of it when I see it. Right. I take active measures to avoid it, to right. make sure that it doesn't happen, and I'm not near it. Right. Um, so kind of, again, how my zombie phobia is not really a phobia. Right. Because I'm not, like, going around in my life World saying... War Z <laughs> prepping.
1: <laughs> like.
0: Exactly. It's so true. Yes. I am not secretly prepping. I don't have, like... Millions of cans of food in my in my right. garage in an underground bunker. Right, you know I'm not taking these intense active steps to avoid. Um, right, and uh, that goes into kind of another portion, which is we talked about initially, is that there is a recognition that this fear is irrational. Right. Um, you know, and, and that, that understanding that it's irrational causes mm-hmm. that person distress. Mm-hmm. you know? So I keep going back to the spider one, but I just think it's like so illustrative. It makes so <laughs> much sense yeah. um, is, you know, I, myself and somebody who has a phobia can walk into yeah. a room and we can see the spider and I can freak out, be like, Oh my gosh, I'm so scared of spiders. Right. And then I can be laughing about it a couple of minutes later. Right. Like, Oh my gosh, wasn't that so funny? Right. The person with the phobia can have almost the same reaction as me in the moment but for them they're so distressed that they're distressed by it like it's stupid i know i shouldn't be scared of spiders Mm -hmm. i know that they really don't kill people and that they're generally harmless right and for them just even having the
1: fear is distressing exactly yes i think that's huge and i i think there's some overlap again with these symptoms with general anxiety yeah you know you're gonna have shortness of breath the heartbeat the worry the mm-hmm. fears of that conversation in your head of why am I worried about this right it's there's an overlap panic attacks yeah right so sometimes you know you could be either thinking you have a phobia or rethinking you have generalized anxiety and mm-hmm. really it could be the other depending on these little nuances which is why it's so important to talk about it
0: Exactly. And I think, and this is like, this is one of the keys for pretty much any disorder. If you're thinking you have a disorder, this is like number one thing that you need to think about mm-hmm. is, does it interfere with your daily life yes. and your daily relationships? Yes. If the answer to that is no. Then you need to rethink whether or not this is something you have and right. talk about, oh, I have, I have a phobia of this or this, Right. you know? Um,
1: so, and I think there's a difference too, because, Fear, right? There's fear, anxiety, and phobias. Mm -hmm. Right? If you wanna talk (laughs) about levels or tiers of fear like this, yeah. So we're born with natural fears, Mm -hmm. like you said, of heights and what was the other one? Loud noises. Loud noises. Right. So there's probably an evolutionary piece where we have natural fears that protect us. You know, you might be afraid of walking down a dark alleyway on your vacation in New York City one day or something that's a good natural fear to have that's Mm -hmm. healthy there might be a danger if I walk down this dark alleyway past midnight or something like that right or you have a natural fear of failing a test or Mm -hmm. so all of these things are natural levels of anxiety and fear that make us make good choices Mm -hmm. that help us to stay safe that motivate us to perform well yeah but then if you take it another step forward, like you were saying, interfering with our relationships, if we go to the level of anxiety of we have that constant level of fear, and worry, mm-hmm. not just when we walk past the dark alleyway, but we're worried about the whole trip to New York City in general of yeah. the crime rate is this, you know, what boroughs should I visit to? Should I get on the train or should I walk or should I take a cab? Because, well, these many people are murdered in cabs, or I don't know. Whatever type of thoughts might come versus a phobia Mm -hmm. where I can't go to New York City and eat garlic at this restaurant. (laughs) I have to only choose this type of food. I have to only choose the type of food that there will never be. I'm not going Mm -hmm. to the Italian district. I'm going to this other district that is not likely to have garlic. (laughs) (laughs) So there's, there's kind of like these tiers and levels of, you can see that could impact, you know, everyday life versus mm-hmm. just in the moment I walk past this alleyway and then I'm not thinking about it 10 minutes later. Exactly,
0: yeah. And I think that you're right, that's absolutely key, is then you can say to yourself, like, okay, is it impacting my relationship? Is it something where, you know, I can't get to work on time or I can't do this or this? Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, maybe that is something you need to go talk to somebody about. Right. But, again, for example, my fear of phobias, like, Whenever I do get to go and see my therapist, that's not something I talk to him about. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not talking to him about my phobia, phobia, quotation marks around that, (laughs) my fear of zombies, because Mm -hmm. it's not impacting my daily life. Right. It's not something that's coming up for me and making it so I'm struggling with work Mm -hmm. or, you know, it's impacting my relationship with Andy or it's impacting my ability to be a good mother. Like, it's not. Right. I don't really need to work on that. If it did start to become something like that, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe now. Like, if I can't go to the movies with friends because I'm fearful that any movie we go to could possibly be a zombie movie. Right. Or if I completely lose my mind in the entire month of October right. because, you know, that TV commercial has, like, right. a funny little zombie in it, and I right. can't handle that, right. and it to- causes me to have a total meltdown for half an hour.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Halloween Horror Nights. Oh, gracious. (laughs) (laughs) That does induce a little bit of fear in me right now, I
0: won't lie. (laughs) Um, Which, funnily enough, uh, for when we were in our graduate program together, actually, um, I find actually when I'm very stressed out, I'll have zombie nightmares just because, you know, that's my way that anxiety manifests itself in my subconscious, I guess. Um, so when we were in grad school, I was stressed out all the time. So I was constantly having zombie nightmares and I decided because I'm, Oh, I'm learning to be a therapist. (laughs) I'm going to do, so the way this is a fun little fact too. Um, the way that, um, people treat a phobia is it's through, um, it's called systematic desensitization. So where it's, um, a slow progression of, um, introducing the phobia in bigger and bigger bites and then helping the person to use calming and anxiety reduction techniques mm-hmm. to where eventually they're able to be say again spiders before they couldn't even look at a picture of a spider right so you slowly start introducing okay we're gonna have a picture of the spider in the room in with the you room, right we're gonna move the picture of the spider closer mm-hmm. you're gonna actually hold the picture of the spider
1: you're gonna look at the picture you're Mm -hmm. You're Mm going to
0: watch a video of a spider. Mm -hmm. And so you keep doing this to the point where, um, and again, with each stage helping the person through their anxiety, helping them with anxiety reduction techniques and calming. Um, And then eventually to the point where they're able to not only be in the room with the spider, but maybe even be able to hold a tarantula. That's Mm -hmm. actually the lab that I worked in in my undergrad was Mm -hmm. a phobia lab. And they had a tarantula and it was working students who had a specific phobia to spiders. To the point where they were able to hold the tarantula. Right. It's actually a really clinically very proven way of treating. It's one of the most effective treatments that I know of.
1: And it's actually, I mean, that's the good news is because when you talk about these phobias, they sound so overwhelming and you picture those scenes in movies where people are acting hysterically Mm -hmm. and it almost seems kind of impossible. Like, how can anyone get over this? Yeah. But... That's the great thing about anxiety in general and phobias is it's one of the most treatable, easily treatable conditions out there. Mm -hmm. And so absolutely, it's very, there's a proven effective method of how to treat it and it's possible to be taken care of. Yes.
0: And... Don't try to do it yourself.
1: <laughs> no. There's lots of
0: books. Oh you can gosh. look this up and you'll find the steps yourself because right. kind of going back to that story mm-hmm. is in graduate school because we had learned about this mm-hmm. in our psychopath class with Dr. Palladino, actually. Yes. We were learning about it. I'm like, oh, shout out to Dr. Palladino. Yay. <laughs> um, I always thought to myself, because I was, I was having these nightmares all the time to the point where it was starting to become distressing to where mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know if I can go to sleep at night now. Mm-hmm interfering with my life right at that point I might have been hedging on a phobia yeah um so I'm like you know what we just learned about systematic desensitization I'm gonna try it on myself (laughs) (laughs) terrible idea (laughs) don't ever do this so this is the time when the walking dead was just coming out and I told myself you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna force myself to watch this and then when I get really stressed out I'll turn it off I'll do like a quick meditation Calm myself down and I'll start watching again. And I did this for an entire season. Wow. I was committed. Oh my goodness. All it did was fuel my nightmares. Wow. They just became much more vivid. Wow. So don't ever attempt to just do, do this on, on yourself. Your right. Definitely need trained clinician. Right. And I was
1: Professional being
0: trained to be a clinician. Right. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> if I can't do it, you can't do it. got to find right. somebody to help you through it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's so important. I mean, especially, again, because of those clinical proven methods, you need that trained professional who's knowledgeable in those clinical areas Mm to help you.
0: Yeah. So if it's not interfering with your daily life, it's probably not a phobia. If it is, Mm
1: -hmm. seek some help. Absolutely. And
0: have hope because it's actually really treatable.
1: And making sure, I think the last point is making sure that this is something that's persisted with you for at least six months. Mm -hmm. So has it stayed with, is it like, oh, I just had this one little incident with peanut butter and it really freaked me out and then I never think about it again for the rest of my life? Yeah. Or is it now for six months I have consistently had issues every time I see a jar of peanut butter. Yeah, that's true too. For six Mm -hmm. months straight that's a sign that we might be getting into phobia zone and we might need some treatment. That's true too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. So yeah, so don't be too scared out there (laughs) for (laughs) Halloween and there's lots of them going to be lots of interesting decorations out Mm -hmm. and lots of ways to spark and ignite that fear. But again, you know, I think it's part of that evolutionary piece of, Protective of showing us that we can face certain fears that we can overcome them Mm -hmm. and learn that we're really safe And so I think overall it's kind of a nice theme to realize that you can overcome a lot of adversity Yeah, and so for anyone out there struggling with any phobias, you know We want to give you hope and just hope that you reach out and Mm. get the help that you need um, by somebody who's very knowledgeable in that area And for the rest of you, be safe.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And enjoy that candy. Don't eat too much. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And we will see you next time.